Today's episode of Real Talk Christian Podcast is sponsored by the Christian Standard Bible. The goal of the CSB is to be faithful to the original languages without sacrificing clarity, all while maintaining both accuracy and readability. With the beautiful designs and multiple study Bible options, everyone from adults to teens and even children can find a CSB Bible that they enjoy. Learn more at csbible.com. Again, that's csbible.com. Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And on today's episode, we're back with Rodney Buse, part two, talking about false teachers in the church. We did a lot of setup this week, so if you missed last week's episode, go back and listen to that one first, because we're just jumping right in this week. Fuller, are you ready? Let's go. Let's go. Welcome back, family. What's going on? Rodney, we're back. We got Rodney back Absolutely. with us. We're going to skip all the pre-intro, the the banter, the coffee. I mean, though, because we're back same night. Um, Fuller gave me his caramel Coke stuff because he just couldn't do it. Yeah. I can't even I'm do it. I'm going back to water. Um, I got a Kool-Aid jammer, y'all. Yeah, you're going to need that for that Coke. I, oh, what's Get worse, Coke with coffee or Taco Bell? Oh, I love Taco Bell. I mean, to your system. <laughs> I still love Taco Bell. Doritos <laughs> <laughs> uh, Locos Tacos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was all about that Cool Ranch Dorito Taco. That's good, too. That was good, but the, the chicken quesadilla is where it's at for me. See, I like the the, the chicken quesadilla. The one where it's like the burrito with the rice and... Oh, it's heaven for this fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> what is your order at Taco Bell, Rodney? I'm curious. Uh, the, the Doritos Locos Tacos, the meal deal, that's that's what I go for every single time. Now, do you do the I, Baja Blast Mountain Dew? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, that's my dude. Yes. Oh, yes. It's the only place you can get Baja Blast. Right, I love exactly. it. Oh, dude, when they were selling it at uh, Walmart, dude, I was picking up for I the know. teens like crazy. <laughs> so good. I love it. Well, hey, guys, we're going to jump right into today's episode. Again, I said it before, if you did not listen to last week's, you got to go back and listen to it because this is all the practical application of all that biblical setup that we did last episode. So we're just going to jump right into today's episode. And, and we're going as- to we're gonna try to be quiet this time. Yeah. And let Rodney do his thing. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> all right. So we're just going to jump in and say, Rodney, what are some common false teachings that teachers teach in the church? All right. So to really start off with this, you really got to think about the fact that a lot of what you see today actually existed back in the first, second, and third, you know, fourth, fifth century. So uh, even last week, we talked about uh, uh, (laughs) St. Nicholas slapping. uh, (laughs) Do one to others as you have them do one to you. Because it's just so funny. But uh, (laughs) St. Nicholas slapping Arius, right? Right. There's your next tattoo, Rodney. (laughs) Santa Claus slapping some dude. Like the Batman memes. Yep, that's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking. Just St. Nick and yep. Mm -hmm. But, but, you know, the truth of that matter is, is when you look at what, what, 
you know, the whole Aryan controversy and what it really is, you go, hey, hey wow, uh, the Jehovah's Witness were actually present at the, you know, at the Nicene Council, mm-hmm. you know, because it's basically the same principle of what, what the heresies are, right? Wow, I actually never thought that far in my head. Yeah. Snap, yeah, okay. When you, when, you, when you read about what Arius was, was wanting to push, it is the same thought process that the Jehovah's Witness have about who Jesus is. Right. So, yeah, it's like, wow. The, so their whole thing with the Watchtower Society and all that stuff, that that all even goes back that far. And Santa Claus so, had to go slap it out of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this so, December 25th, guys, go find... No, don't go find your, your local <laughs> Jehovah. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, no. No. Uh, but when you, when you look at that, so seriously, there is nothing new under the sun. Right. A lot of what we see today has been around for a long time. Uh, I mean, even here in, in local, the United States, I'll put it that far here in the United States, we had the, the burnt over district, um, back in the 1800s, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the early 1900s, which created a lot of this, uh, Jehovah's witness came from that. The Mormons came from that. There's a lot of stuff you can find in, in church history about some of these, these false teachings that no, they're not necessarily new. Mm-hmm. They they have been out there for a while. So thinking about that, some of the things that you see now, uh, oneness theology, the oneness Pentecostals, mm. you see that. And oneness uh, theology, just in case people don't know, that's when they believe that the Trinity is like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, not three distinct persons, but one person in like three different forms or different appearances. That's where the whole the whole imagery of the water ice yeah. and va- water right. that's called modalism out. patrick right. right yeah that's right yep. <laughs> modalism. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so yes so even modalism goes all the way back to you know the the you know second century yep um so unitarianism uh we see that sometimes uh partialism and i know that uh there's some people that have been kind of thinking about that with I don't, and I don't know if I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, stomp on those toes right now, but, uh, with, <laughs> not yet. We'll with, do that in a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then you have the prosperity gospel, which we talked a little bit about last week, mm-hmm. uh, word of faith movement. The word of faith movement is, is a really, it's really dangerous, a lot more dangerous to people than they think when, it, in regards to their faith, because when they, a person starts not saying, Hey, I'm not getting this whole same thing. They start to doubt their own faith in God. Mm, so right. that it's a very dangerous teaching. Uh, the, now here's, here's something, uh, that really goes into systems within churches for tithing. And I want you to think about this real quick systems of partiality, right? The sin of partiality, Mm -hmm. um, regarding the tithe. Uh, we had a church here locally, a large church that had a tier system. Wow. So think about that. Yeah. A tier system. So when you would, here, Whoever here's the front was, seat. This is the good golden seat for you for this no, I tier. Think I, know this, I think I was taught this tier system. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens is, is there was actually, we had a, a, a woman here locally that got in trouble with the law because she was embezzling her company to pull in enough money to reach the highest tier in the church oh, so geez. that she could go on an African safari with the pastor. Wow. Oh, dang. Yeah. Wow. No, I've heard of some churches where... You I know. I didn't realize that was still going on. Today. Yo, <laughs> Pastor Scott, hook a brother up. I want to go on African safari. <laughs> I mean, does it count for time, not money? Because you know I ain't bringing in that much. That's for sure. No, I've heard of some pastors not with, who not with that many kids. You're not right. <laughs> not so, at all. Sell a couple kids. Jeez, come on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's for dinner tonight, Mark? 
nothing because we're going to Africa because we wouldn't go on a safari. <laughs> Sorry, kids. No, it's not like that at all. Anyways. So, yeah. But I've, I've heard of some tier systems that where pastors, they'll have this system set up where you have your, like, your big givers, your medium givers, and your little givers, and they're the only ones who know what it is. And, you know, they, I'm not saying they treat their big givers like royalty, but at the same time, they kind of do. Jeez. And I was actually taught that as that's a way to help keep residual income going. And if someone's a bigger giver, if you share with them more, I mean, obviously I think this guy had a good heart, but it was more the fact of if you keep telling people all these amazing things that are happening, they're just going to keep giving. Cause Oh, this church real like, like the church is doing good. Let's keep mm. fueling that ministry, right. which is not bad to have celebratory stuff go on in your services, but as a way to, you know, fund the church, I, I don't know. Well, I, I find it interesting because even, um, <clears throat> this coolie is good. Excuse me. Even even um, Matthew Henry commentary, mm-hmm. right? Oh, uh, good if you old look Matthew at his Henry. his commentary on that passage about the sin of partiality, one of the things that was interesting that he said is, surely we're not talking about selling pews or oh. pew selling. Now, in the Episcopal Church, if you go to Colonial Williamsburg and go to the the, the Episcopal Church, there's they names have family on the pews. Names on the pews. Wow. Yep. And they paid to get specific pews within the church. Yep. Uh, so even Matthew, Matthew Henry, you're looking at going, eh, no, actually, I think he was talking about that. <laughs> so <laughs> the sin of partiality, just in case someone's not keeping up with us on that conversation, how would you describe it really quick? Uh, the sin of partiality is, is essentially giving seats of honor to people who are wealthier. Uh, it can also be, uh, it, it could essentially be anything, really, if you're being partial to anyone within the church and giving them um, either, you know, more authority in the church when they don't necessarily for, for giving more to the church and et cetera. I, I think that it's it's a very dangerous teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people look at um, even I know I don't know if you guys have talked about CRT yet. Uh, but when you talk about stuff like that, you can get into oh, critical, ra- critical yeah. race theory. Yeah, we haven't talked yeah. about that. We talked about talking about it, but we haven't actually done yeah. it yet. So yeah, so you can you can look at some different things and say, okay, well, are we giving partiality to any group in the church right. that we shouldn't be? Right. That we should be treating everybody the same within the body. Yeah. So yeah, was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember what, what passage in scripture talks about it. Was it First Corinthians? Uh, are you talking? Yeah, it's First Corinthians where they're talking about communion, and it was talking about. I think James also talked about don't show favoritism like the rich and the right. poor. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I was talking about the rich people and they were like, you know, they got drunk on communion and they right. left all the poor people out of right. the, like out in the lobby basically. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where yeah. it comes from. <laughs> right. So. Right. Um, so yeah, when we, when we look at the tier system and that's what you really see a lot in some, in some of the bigger large churches like that. Um, also think about YouTube, uh, Patreon, what does Patreon do? It sets up tier systems mm. where if this person gives this much, then they get extra content. If they give Uh-oh. this much, they get Maybe we shouldn't do a Patreon more. then, huh? We ain't doing a Patreon now. <laughs> or Well, well no, it's not bad to have a Patreon because he's convicting me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not saying the Patreon itself is bad. Right. Andy Lehman's listening right now. Right. Yeah. Is Andy so, Lehman of Dudes and Dads listening right now? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Wow. I'm kidding. Hi, Andy. <laughs> no, they. I think, I don't know, but... but I don't know. I, I have to chew on that one a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one to think about. I have to chew on that one a little bit with Patreons and, and how all that works. There's a little conviction there, Rodney. 
<laughs> well, I'm, I am curious because, you know. Because we've talked about it. Right. We've, we've talked about doing different tier systems. You know, this much you get this, this much you get this. We've talked about that. A lot. Yeah. And, like, there's some YouTube ministries. Like Alan Parr, for example, I know, like, his he has an entire digital now, ministry. And, you know, and, and, but that was kind of funded. But, but he has some amazing content. But it's kind of eye-opening what Rodney just said. Now, here's something to think about because I have seen this also where people have tier systems in their Patreon you know, different levels of giving. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the the benefits of each level, they're the exact same. Mm. So they give people the capability of giving more, but they're not, the the YouTuber themselves is not giving the the customer more. Right. It's the same, same stuff. Right. Mm. So I I think that there's, there's possible ways to do that without getting into. I'm going to chew on that one a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's kind of convicting for me yeah. because we had talked about doing it. Okay, you get like I just said, you the higher the tier system, the higher the stuff, the more swag so, and merch, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of convicting. You see, I'm, I'm glad we had you on. Goodness, <laughs> oh no, what else you got though? Are there any other big so, ones you see, Rodney? Well, there is a big one that the the that the Pope kind of brought to attention in his in 2016 for his prayer initiative, and that is universalism. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys saw my episode on that. But um, I have not actually not seen that one. No. Yeah. Um, so in I'm going to watch it tonight, though. Prayer initiative. He did this this big this speech, essentially, on how we are all seeking God in our own ways. Mm. OK, so boom. Number one, he just preached universalism. The second, the last thing he said in that message uh, was that we are all children of God. So it's almost what he's he's portraying polytheism as a monotheistic format is what he's doing. Right. Hmm. Yeah. So when you think about that and we look at universalism and what that actually is now, some people would say Christian universalism would be more of like a uh, hyper grace, Mm -hmm. which is also a false teaching, Mm -hmm. meaning that uh, no matter where you're at, when, you know, of course, if you use hyper grace, that undoes the whole idea of the judgment throne at the end. Right. Yeah. So, um, and it kind of throws, it kind of throws to the side. Well, there's only one way to get to the the father and that's through me. And that's what Jesus said. Right. (laughs) It throws that out the window. Right. It throws that completely out the window. And also the idea of, you know, of everybody being a child of God. Now we all have to understand there's a difference between Imago Dei, right? Which Mm -hmm. we hear all the time Mm -hmm. that we are all born in the, or created in the image of God. Right. Yep. And we've had episodes on that. yep. Yep. Yeah, but not all of us, not all people are children of God, right? right. What is required to be a child of God? Right. And that is through Jesus Christ. Yeah, to be exactly. adopted as his son or daughter. Im- image and children <laughs> are two different things. Two different things. Yep. So. Yep. Absolutely. Mm. Um, there's a few. Now, did you guys, did you have something? No, go ahead. Okay. So we already talked about last week a little bit about legalism and liberalism mm-hmm. and how that becomes like a bouncing ball. Um, these two things you can actually see almost like a train going down the train tracks and it's bouncing rail to rail mm-hmm. and the train just keeps getting worse and worse as it goes. Right. It keeps getting further to the left, further to the right, further to the left. Um, it's, it's actually kind of, they play off of each other so badly because you see those finger pointing, you know what I'm saying at both at each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them would be considered false teachings because one is saying, Hey, it doesn't matter. You can sin all you want, you know. Oh, hold on a second, Ryan. I think we lost you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> We've lost them right in the midst of it. 
Here, let me steal so, it. So that being said, oh, you get into you're back, Rodney. We lost you. Is, is bad. We lost you there for a second. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, it was only like five seconds. Uh, you were saying that they they point fingers. It doesn't do anyone good. The sin of legalism is, and then you went. Boo, boo, boo. Okay, so yeah, you have the sin of legalism, right? Which right. is trying to push that that. Um, that you have to follow these laws. You know, it's not right. just saved by by grace through faith. It's by grace through faith and works. Yeah. It's um, the same thing that the circumcision party was pushing back to the Galatians. Yep. Right. Right. And then when you look at liberalism, which is, hey, you can go do whatever you want. You right. can live in all the sin you want and you're good. Right. Because you have Jesus. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so when you look at those two things uh, side by side, it's just that constant bouncing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing, thing that I really want to talk about is two things that you see that is another bouncing ball back and forth. And that is total intellectualism and total anti-intellectualism. Hmm. Now people don't a lot of times understand those terms as they apply, but intellectualism is basing everything on reason mm-hmm. and knowledge and anti-intellectualism is into anti-intellectualism is basing everything on emotion and feeling mm. right. Rather than reason. Right. So both of those separated out, from each other, when you look at them from a binary perspective, they can both be bad, right? Mm-hmm. You can't intellectual, you can't intellectualize somebody into, into, uh, salvation and you can't just feeling into salvation really. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You kind of had, there's like a happy medium in the middle that we should be with. Um, this is something that, I mean, it, it can be just as dangerous. A lot of times you'll see this true teaching of what you need is Jesus and love but then they leave all the doctrine out right? and people start filling the holes themselves with whatever they want. Right. And that would be the anti-intellectualism stance is that all you need is Jesus and love. Well, that's right? kind of what we're seeing a lot in, in some, uh, at least I am with some of the uh, Catholic, my, some of my Catholic friends I see it's, Oh, mm-hmm. I, I got Jesus and that's all I need. And so I'm going to go out and do whatever I want now. And we see that a right. lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because they have all the catechisms which teach the theology <laughs> of the Catholic Church. It's just that none of them pay attention to it. <laughs> right. And I wonder if, and from the Baptist perspective, I wonder how much of it goes to just raise your hand, just pray the sinner's prayer, walk the sawdust, uh, sawdust trail. Is that what it was back in the day of, yeah. of the tent revival meetings? And we're just counting, you know, put your hand up if you want to follow Jesus. And so much of Jesus is, I heard Andy Stanley preach a sermon about it. I'm still chewing on it, is... Jesus never calls us to just believe on, I believe in him. He says, follow me. And the belief goes hand in hand with the follow. And so many of us just want to have the, oh, I believe in Jesus. You know, I got, I got my ticket to heaven. I'm going on the J train when I die. And it's like, yeah, bro, but you don't look like it. Like, (laughs) like you're doing whatever the heck you want. And I'm pretty sure Christians shouldn't be doing that. Hmm. You right. know, and I'm not sitting here trying to point my finger at anybody, even though my finger's pointing at Fuller. But you know, <laughs> the little grandma finger wave. But but you know, there's there's so many t- there's so extremes, and I I find it it's not hilarious, but fascinating how you just brought up these two ideas, and those very much explain our backgrounds. Because me personally, mm. I'm more on the intellectual side, and you're more on the like you're you're a very passionate, heart filled, love the snot out of people. Yeah, I grew up in the char- I grew up at the charismatic church. Oh, so. see, I grew up I grew up Jack Hiles, independent, fundamental, hellfire, brimstone, thump on the pulpit, get loud about the gospel. Hey man. Like that's that's how I grew up until well, I figured that, it out. Why I say but, the charismatic church, because it is. It's a lot about the feeling. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel the presence of God. I feel this. I feel it's very much right. so non intellectual. 
and it's wrong. Right. <laughs> Very so, much man, wrong. And, and obviously we all, and I know Rodney, you believe this too. We all are wired a certain way. God all created us differently. But I want to ask you your opinion on this, Rodney. If, if someone's listening, asking the question of, okay, so I, I'm more on the emotional side or, you know, no, I'm more on the intellectual. Give me that. Give me them John Calvin books all day long. How do you justify and rectify both of these thought processes to be where we're supposed to be? Well, the first thing you got to do is is take away the whole concept of them being binary positions. Hmm. You know, don't don't think of them as as being I have to be 100 percent the apologist. Right. Right. Or I have to be 100 percent the evangelist. Right. Right. Because if you look at the if you look at those two things, a lot of times that's what you'll see. Right. Mm-hmm. If you look at the binary perspective, you'll see a lot of evangelists on the anti-intellectualism side and you'll see a lot of apologists on the intellectualism side. Right. <clears throat> so if you take take those two perspectives and say, you know what, I'm not going to put this fence up in the middle in between them. And I'm going to understand that I do still have to have some of this head knowledge, right? I still need to learn. I still need to study the scripture. I Mm -hmm. still need to learn and be discipled by, and I'm going to say this, the local body of Christ, your local church also, uh, not just YouTube stuff or podcast. This ain't the church. Well, let's, I mean, let's say it. We're, we're going to say it on the podcast. You, we always call it getting connected with your tribe, your, right. your local yes. body. And, and we're sure we're about. the RTC fam. That's what we call it. But at the end of the day, we're another resource. We're right. supplemental. Like, we're not the supplemental. body. That's the correct word for it. We are the supplemental. We are not the only. Or we're not the, we shouldn't be the main you source. You should be taking right. vitamin and supplements in gummy form, but you should also be eating real fruit and veggies. Right. Exactly. That's true. And meat, exactly I guess right. the Bible says meat. So, you know, got to eat your meat. Bible says meat. Although we would still want you guys to listen. <laughs> yeah, don't leave. Don't leave, homies. Don't leave. And, and I, yeah, think, I think Rodney would me, say the same thing. <laughs> don't let me you know, push people away from right. podcasts. <laughs> oh, goodness. Are, are there right. any other ones, though, Rodney, before we before I ask the next follow-up question? Because I don't want to miss any because this is good stuff. Um, I really, off the top of my head, no. I really can't think of anything unless you guys have something so, that you... I want to get your take on progressive Christianity. Oh, here we go. So we, we see, you know... And uh, sorry, Mark. I, I know this is your guy, and I'm sorry, but NT Wright. NT Wright used to be pretty, yeah, boy, pretty s- sound the- theologically, and has really veered hard right into the progressive Christianity movement. Was that? Would it be hard right or hard left? Well, whatever. However you want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> he's old. He ain't going. We'll go I mean, he's old, so I don't think he's going. No, he's. But uh, he's Walker. Let's. Uh, I mean, um, you know, what, what's your take on? How do we spot the progressive Christianity movement? What do we do about it as Christians, not just as leaders, but as Christians in the church? How do we encourage each other um, with this huge progressive movement that's going on right now? Good question, Fuller. <clears throat> okay, so I can tell you that I, I I grew up up until late junior high, so well, or early high school, freshman year, in the Lutheran church. Mm. Okay? Oh, wow. Okay, my family. Man, you've gone all over the place. Yeah, my family is my family. It's a German family, right? Right. Um, So predominantly Lutheran. Now, in the early '80s, so I would have been yeah, junior high or late mid '80s, mid '80s. I was in junior high or high school. I can't remember which year exactly, but my dad was on the church board, Mm -hmm. and luckily, I had a dad who was scripturally sound. Okay, he knew the Bible. And the bishop came to a church meeting, to a meeting with the, 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 they weren't called elders. They were just, you know, church board members. Um, 
and they wanted more money from the local church to do a study on whether or not homosexuality was actually a sin or not. Mm. And of <laughs> course, my money? dad, second, they wanted money for that. Yes, they wanted money for that study. And of course, my dad, being somebody who actually read the Bible or was reading mm-hmm. the Bible and studying the Bible and knew a lot about it, goes, well, let me show you seven places where it says it is a sin, and then you're done. You don't need any money. And that's just off the top <laughs> of my head. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And uh, the the bishop looked at my dad and said, you can't believe everything you read in the Bible. <laughs> wow. wow. Yes. So I, remember, I feel like what's in the Bible podcast starts with your dad more than you. My goodness. <laughs> that, that was definitely. Get it, Pop Abuse, man. Yeah. So the thing was, though, is I remember I was out in the in the in the uh, um, out in the little gathering area doing my homework at a table and they had this like room divider. that was like a curtain. Mm hmm. They were behind that doing the meeting. And I remember my dad starting to get a little loud. Oh, he and turned finally, to St. Nick. Yeah, almost. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Uh, but I remember seeing that curtain like start struggling to get open. He open, threw it wide open. He threw it hard enough that it went wall to wall. Wow. You know what I'm saying wide open. Yeah. And he came out and he looked at me and said, pack up your stuff. We're leaving. We never went back to the church. Wow. To the church. Uh, because my dad saw it coming. Yeah. He saw that progressive, you know, left, you know, process. And now where's the ELCA church, the yeah. ELCA Lutheran church? Yeah. They're, uh, they're way far liberal now. <laughs> right. Right. And, and I remember some of the other church board members trying to contact my dad saying, Hey, it's, that's you know, this whole slippery slope thing. That's, that's not going to happen. You don't know what you're talking about. It's going to be okay. It's, a, and look at, look at the ELCA now. Right. Right. Hmm. Um, so if, if it's, it, I always tell people whenever you hear them say, nah, this isn't going to be a slippery slope. Don't worry. It's just this one thing. Right. Is it really just this one thing? You know? Right. Um, the, the big thing is, is if they're willing to scrap any part of the Bible whatsoever, they're willing to scrap any of it. Mm, yeah. Very true. So, so, so it, so with that in mind, I guess my follow up question now is, is I'm, I'm in a church. This is theoretical, by the way. This is not okay. my, our church is really good. <laughs> we are in a church. I mean, we are in a church, but theor- theoretically, uh, okay. I'm in a church with my family. Okay, I'm not. I'm not an elder or a leader, but my eldership board. I'm seeing starting to take these these drastic turns towards that progressive Christianity. That uh, hey, we're gonna let um, we're gonna bring in and and confirm a homosexual pastor who's openly mm. acting in those things. As a as a patricianer, what do I do in those instances um, when my leadership, who I'm supposed to rely on, is doing that? But I also have a responsibility to my family. What 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 can I do? Do I approach them? Do I not approach them? I mean, what's uh, what's your opinion on that? Your primary job as a parent is to protect your family, to be taught the right things. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad did the absolute right thing. Yeah. He got us out of that church. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, that's how they ended up in the Wesleyan church later. Um, interesting. That's kind of like going the exact opposite direction <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> going from, going from the ELCA Lutheran church to a holiness church. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> we all take detours in our path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Just snorted. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. We love you anyways. <laughs> oh my yeah, goodness. 
I, I just think that it's, it's, it's important to protect yourself. I mean, I, I said last episode that, um, me and my wife went through two bad churches, right. That were teaching false teachings. Right. Uh, when we decided to leave that last church, we, I sent out, I think it was, I think I sent out almost 30 emails to different pastors in different churches mm. in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, asking to meet with the pastor okay. of the church. Um, I got three replies. Wow. Um, only three. Mm. One of them was a pastor that I knew in person. One of them was from another uh, an, another local church. And then Water's Edge Church, mm-hmm. Steve Roby. Uh, I interviewed. I wanted to interview the pastors. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to them. I, w- I didn't want to step foot in the church until I had a chance to talk to the pastor to find out exactly what they taught. Right. And to make sure that I myself could be comfortable putting my family underneath the teachings of that church. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to take that responsibility upon ourselves as, as, as men and our families. Right. So, so before you, you and your wife left the previous church, did you go and talk with the leadership team about stuff or did you guys just, they screw just, this just and walk away. out of there? Okay. So, um, so Interestingly enough, the the last church that we left was collapsing anyways. Mm, okay. um, it was a situation of I'll just say false prophecy. Mm. Uh, the church, the the pastor in the church was essentially. You, have you ever, if you hear this thing, when you hear somebody say, "So saith the Lord," <laughs> I think uh, a, I think a Deuteronomy right there. You better be right, or else I'm picking yep. up a stone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it was it was almost that kind of situation, but a lot of people were seeing that that there was a lot of problems there. There was a lot of people uh, seeing that there was that there was something not right. Uh, the pastor's wife at the time started teaching a lot of strange, um, a lot of strange, weird teachings like visualization prayer and stuff like that wow. to the women. What, visual? I've never even what's visualization prayer? So. I've never heard of this. We're learning so much tonight. (laughs) I know our listeners are too. Yeah. So visualization prayer was something that was, was being taught within a lot of the word of faith movement churches where essentially you meditate and try and put yourself where you visualize you speaking directly to the face of Jesus. Okay. Like you're walking through a field with Jesus. Kind of so thing. like a, if I imagine myself wanting to walk through Ireland with Jesus, that's what I would visualize myself That'd walking. That'd be pretty dope. <laughs> I hope heaven's like that, great. man. That, that sounds kind of crazy, actually. It sounds yeah, almost like a Buddhist or a Hinduist. It's actually, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a creeping in of, of, of a lot of false teachings that's not there. Right. Find that in the Bible. Yeah, exactly. Where it tells you to pray like that. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't. <laughs> So, I mean, I think Jesus was pretty specific when he taught us how to pray, right? I want you to say it, pray this way. Our father, as we walk through this flowery field, (laughs) hallowed be thy name. (laughs) But not with, but not with Coke in her hand. Uh, Not with Coke coffee in her hand. Not with Coke coffee in her hand. Sorry. That's just, that's, that's a sin. We're having too much fun. I love it. (laughs) But, you know, when we started seeing some of those, those weird teachings, you know, that was when we were just kind of like, okay, I think we need to start looking for another church. Yeah. And, uh, I, I really decided, I, I was like, you know what, something that I haven't been doing myself that I should be doing is paying more attention to what am I subjecting my family to? Yeah. So, and, and that's something that we all need to do. We, we mm-hmm. need to take that time. If you're, if you're in a church that is teaching false teachings 
and it is at that level where the 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 church leadership is yeah okay with it sometimes there's nothing you can do except for prayerfully walk away right and and start looking for and I'm not talking about and I know some people would accuse me oh so you're promoting church shopping well if you're in a church that's teaching false teachings yes uh, yeah <laughs> Well, I know that my wife and I experienced something similar to what it sounds like you did, um, that we belonged to a church and um, there was some uh, false teaching starting to arise. Now, we were close with um, some of the eldership members and uh, the pastor, and so um, I approached the pastor and and tried to discuss these things and and some of the things I saw that weren't scriptural to see, okay, am I missing something? Because I don't want to just write somebody off. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, I don't claim to have right. all truth, but I don't see it. So show me where in scripture it says this. And right. after he wasn't able to do so, uh, we that's how we ended up here at Southside. And we had to do the same thing. We were looking at statements of faith online before we finally settled on church. We'd visit. I'd listen carefully to the doctrines that they were teaching. And, and we finally landed here at, at Southside. And um, we became best friends. Shortly after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Within like and, weeks. And RTC was born out of it. Basically. <laughs> so... So, yeah, I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I know I asked you a question that I kind of had the answer to, but I like no, the way you explained it. No, it's good to hear. Better. And, and you because, know, because we talk all the time about all the time. find your local church. Yes. And, and that's where yes. we grow. The Bible was never meant, and, and Christianity was never meant to be a lone wolf no. thing. You know, what what right. was Bible, or I should say, what would the scriptures done? They were read out loud. People well, prayed together. They studied the apostles' teachings and the prayers and the fellowship and the breaking of and, bread and the communion and, of the saints. And though, like, Rodney and you and I are all very, I mean, it sounds like we're, like, early church history. Um, yep, we I love ha- it. We have to remember sola scriptura is a lot of it. I right. mean, it's scripture alone. Um, and right. it's not, we're, we're, we're Protestants for a reason. We're not Catholics because we don't believe in scripture and the traditions of the church. and Protest the traditions that mug. Of the, Yeah. The traditions of the church overrule scripture, so <laughs> it doesn't make sense to yeah. me. But you know, it's, yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, I mean, if you if you really want to, speaking of that, if you really want to, if you're going to a church that's that's teaching false teachings, you're more than welcome to write them all down and nail them to the front doors of the church. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lutheran did it. Rodney said it, here, did it, folks. Luther did it. If you do yeah. it and you like post it on Instagram. You, I don't. You could tag us or not. I guess we'll just see what happens. <laughs> oh, oh, but wait, if if it's a glass door, don't use a nail. Yeah. <laughs> use tape. command strip tape. <laughs> no command strip that. So okay, I so you, I don't want you guys to get sued. For, yeah, we, oh, we don't need vandalism. vandalism. We are not telling you to do this. Oh goodness gracious! No vandalism, no breaking things. What? Oh goodness! But so you know, when someone's in a local church and they spot false teaching, that's what they should do. Um, but in today's internet age, I mean, obviously we're right now, we're going to be on Facebook. We're going to be on, you know, podcast land. We're going to be on YouTube. We're going to be in all these different places. Right. There's so much content out there and there's so many pastors mm. with these beautiful social media platforms out there and these YouTube teachers out there. I mean, you, you told us here's some things that we can spot and I don't know if you're comfortable and I'm not trying to say, let's just start name bashing here either. But right. is it something where people need to be worried more about the man versus, because, you know, there's even some guys that I personally follow that I probably agree with 80% of their teaching, but that 80% that they teach is just phenomenal. So that's why, that's why I do it. Um, but then again, I'm also not just filling my mind with just those people either, you know, right. and sometimes they post really pretty pictures like design stuff. So of course I'm going to follow that. But, you know, but for those who are listening and they ha- they're having all these Instagram people and they're getting so much of their 
spiritual growth from Instagram. What what should we do for for that? And how do we keep our eyes and ears open for for false teaching in that platform? Right. It's 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 one of those things where, as far as church leaders are concerned, they need to really watch out for their congregation. See what your congregation is 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 um, a lot of times uh, sharing. You know, if they see something on Instagram and then they share it in their stories and stuff like that, uh, look into it. You know, it's okay. It is okay mm-hmm. as a church leader to look into it and and then talk to that person about some of the things that they may be sharing or what, you know, or some of the people that they may be following. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, for me, I, I went through it where I'm starting to watch people on YouTube and stuff like that. Not just now, I mean, not just to learn scriptural stuff, but also to learn how to do YouTube, right? Right. Yep. And so sometimes there's some guys that are really phenomenal at doing their YouTube stuff, right? And then you go really start listening to what they're teaching. And you're going, whoa, you know, uh, that's not right. Right. Um, one of the things that I learned is sometimes it's better not to get into, into arguments with them. You know, so even though some of them may say, oh, yeah, if you have any questions or if you have any concerns about what I'm teaching, DM me. Sometimes that's not a smart move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because... Uh, some of these guys, and you have to understand that some of these guys that are teaching false teachings know how to manipulate scripture to fit what they're teaching. Right. And, and for, for those who are listening, it's called eisegesis. Mm, eisegesis yep. is trying to shoehorn your own ideas into scripture. Yep. Exegesis and, is what you can take out of it. Right. Right. Absolutely. So it's best to look at that and see what they're doing. Are they taking something and pulling maybe what we call also verse plucking, plucking one verse out of the middle of a passage, throwing it out on the table and saying, Hey, see that, that means what I, I told you it means. Yeah. But then when you read it in the context of the passage, you go, no, it doesn't. I, I always, <laughs> refer, I always refer back to it. It's like, well, I can say, well, you did me wrong. So eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and vengeance is mine and leave out right. the rest. I'm, and I, that's an ice of Jesus. I'm picking stuff out to support what I want to do, my actions, making excuses. Yep. It's called manipulation yep. of the scripture, right. which is a sin. Right. <laughs> You're adding to oh, yeah. or taking away. That's a sin. And that's why we always say, and this was a one, probably one of the, I want to say one of the few things that got out of Bible college, but context is key. Right. Like you got to know what's going on. And so whenever I would preach right. in, in Sunday mornings, you know, very rarely did I have the opportunity to step into the middle of a series or have my own little series. I mean, youth group, I had series, but not in the actual worship service. And I would always like, you know, land in like the middle of first Peter or something like that. And I'd be like, all right, guys, what we're doing right now is we're jumping the middle of a movie. Like you right. can, or a middle, like you just open up a book and you don't just open up the middle of, I don't know, since we talk about witchcraft and wizardry, you open up Harry Potter and read chapter 10. You got to know what happened in the first nine chapters, know what's happened in chapter right. 10 to properly understand what the, what the, the key, what the writer was trying to communicate. Right. Because if we don't know what the writer was trying to communicate to his audience or whoever, how are we supposed to know right. what he, what he was trying to communicate? Mm-hmm. And if we do truly believe that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and that, you know, God blessed the, the scriptures and God's, you know, um, through times of old, you know, moved the Holy spirit moved in that. So basically when we read the scriptures, yeah, we read the words of David's, but they're also from God as well. If we believe that we shouldn't be screwing around with it either in terms of this. Oh, this is what I think it means. Okay. No, no, no. What does it say? Mm-hmm. How far is that right. cultural bridge that you have to cross? And what are the, right. what are the, uh, the timeless principles and the timeless truth we can get out of this passage? Not just what does it say? Okay. That's what I think it means. Right. Exactly. It's, it's understanding what the author is trying to portray to the reader or the listener not what the listener is trying to portray to what the author is saying. Right. 
Right. That's fundamental seminary classes 101 right there. <laughs> <laughs> and it all goes back to it. I know Rodney, this is, I know one reason why you started your podcast. And this is another re- reason why we started our podcast is the fact of as Christians, we got to know what's going on. Right. We got to know right. what does the Bible say? And that's why I, you know, I think your podcast is an absolute great podcast. That's what we had to Definitely, bring you yeah. on to go. What well, does you. the Bible say about this? And so, you know, we have a ton of listeners that I know are always like, oh, I found another podcast. I follow them on. You know, I, I get a little jealous when I follow people on uh, Instagram. They're like, oh, I find a new podcast. I'm like, y'all best still be listening to us. <laughs> but see, I do the opposite. I go check out the podcast they're listening to, and I want to see if it's scripturally sound. <laughs> oh, I do that too. <laughs> Actually, don't don't, don't, don't forget us. But seriously, if even if you got to, you know, well, don't shut it off because we'll be done in a minute. But then go listen to what does the Bible say with Definitely. Rodney? Because we you have to know. How can you spot a false teacher if you don't know what the Bible says? How can you know if what they're speaking right. is truth if you don't even know the Bible for yourself, you know? Rodney has the yeah. RTC stamp of approval not that it means much <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same like with well, cross you. like cross form kids with ryan yeah. coatney right. and that's a great parenting resource mm-hmm. and you know uh we even talked with like justin herman about how to raise your kids in the in the digital age right. and we talked with uh pastor matt nichols about how to share your faith with people right. we've talked with so many different people and had different conversations of what does it mean to be a christian in this specific context with right. these specific questions and that's, I think, was part of a beautiful church community. And obviously, I'm glad for technology because without it, we would have never met and had this conversation exactly. and be right. able to reach so many people. Right. But at the same token, you got to rub shoulders with people. Yep. You got to know what's going on. Yeah. You got to be involved in your church and be under a pastor. Now, obviously, you can't expect your pastor to always, you know, feed you every single Sunday one hour a week. Like now, you there know. is something. There is something I want to add to that. Okay, Ooh, about about to it. local pastors. Um. And this goes to something that uh, John Piper said, and I'm going to go ahead and give the listing of where he we said. We love our Desiring, John Piper. Desiring God, episode one, uh, 1377. Um, one of the things that he says in that is not to be a missile. Mm. I don't know if you know what a missile is. If you've ever get, preached a sermon and had that guy who runs up from the back of it, before you even can get almost, you're almost done saying, you know, go in peace, serve the Lord at the end of the service. And this guy is already on his way up the aisle to tell you where you are wrong in something. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't be that guy. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I've had those guys. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, be, be, be prayerful. Right. You know, about, about approaching people, you know, take the time, make sure you study, make sure that you're right. And what and, you're saying before you bring it to the attention of the pastor. And make sure you fully understand what they were actually saying and not just what you think they were saying. Yes. Right. And you can ask right. for further clarification, but yeah, what does the Bible say? You know, do everything, you know, be kind and be gracious right. and show love and right. not just, you know, punch Arius in the face if you're mad. Right. <laughs> He's, actually, if you look at uh, 2 Timothy 4.2, it says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season to mm-hmm. reprove rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Right. So we like to bring it that patience part. Yeah. We all, I also, my, one of my favorites and I'll pull it up here real fast is Galatians six. Uh, let me pull it up here. I wasn't going to put, say it, but why not go for it? Go for Galatians six. When we are reproving somebody says brothers, six, one brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual, spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Mm-hmm. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, then he is nothing. He deceives himself. 
but let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear their own load. Yep. So just remember that when you are, um, when you're doing, when you're going to go in and reprove somebody or approach somebody because you think they're teaching false doctrine, remember, check yourself before you wreck yourself right. because you can fall into false teaching too. <laughs> right. And, and what's the goal in that? You know, is the goal to be right? Is the goal to dominate? And it's I know to restore. It's, it's to restore. And I know Rodney, when you had that conversation, was that last episode we were talking about that? Yeah. Last episode where you mentioned that someone mentioned something in one of your guys's home groups of, right. Oh, this person teaching. You're like, I don't, I don't think that's right. Um, yeah. And what was, I mean, I, I know you would say this, but the purpose of that conversation wasn't to be like, you're wrong, get back in line. But it's to be right. like, you know, no, there's, there's, there's a better way. And we, we, I want you to be aware of this. And I'm saying this because I love you, not just because I'm the theological juggernaut and you're not. So sit down and shut right. up and listen. Right. Right. And, and that goes into conceit, right? How, you know, how conceited are we? Yeah. Uh, we, you know, it's funny when I was, when I was looking up the word conceited, uh, it actually, the better translation in a lot of these passages is vainglorious, mm. which I always thought was kind of an hmm. interesting word. If you've ever read the King James, it's fun. Oh yeah. But good old King Jimmy. I grew up on it. So, <laughs> yep, <me too. laughs> but, uh, but you know, it, it's actually a horrible experience to experience that. Mm. Um, one of the churches that we had that we'd left, uh, before, uh, we had a pastor that was extremely, extremely arrogant about the way he taught things. And when we say, you know, that we know them by their fruit, right? And I want to go back to this. When we look at, um, let's see if I can find it real quick. Was it Matthew 7, that? right? Yeah, when we were talking about Matthew 7, but when you talk about Galatians 5, 22 through 26, mm -hmm. but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Mm. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So mm. it even tells us there, right? Yeah. Don't be conceited. And so when we are correcting somebody, we've got to make sure that we're not like, what happened in my situation was I brought something uh, up to the pastor that I was like, Hey, I'm a little concerned about this. And he actually laughed in my face. Oh, wow. And well, okay. you want to talk about it. You want to talk about an instant loss of respect for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and if you treat somebody like that, or if you treat them with, with that overbearing thing that we're not supposed to do, right. We're not supposed to Lord over the people, mm -hmm. right. As church leaders, you have to make sure that you're doing it with patience and love. Right. We have to show them love and let them understand that, look, this correction is not something that I want to have to do. You know, this is something that, but we need to talk about it because I love you and I want you to know truth. Right. And I want you to only be able to speak truth. And to do that, we need to understand what is truth and what is not truth. Yeah. So, mm. uh, and it, so the, you have to have that love. Right. We don't want to be, Vain glorious, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the takeaway is don't yeah. be vain glorious, but do everything, everything in love and gentleness and respect. Right. Well, we've talked about quite a lot of stuff. My in goodness. The past two weeks. <laughs> is there anything else, Rodney, that you want to add or end with as a final thought? Uh, I'm trying to think. Could be anything. Whatever you well, want to throw out there. 
<laughs> well, I think one of the things that we also have to think of is like, I think we, I don't know if we talked about it really much about how to, or what should we do if we spot false teachers? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I, I, I liked was what, and this goes back to something that I was going to mention earlier and I've completely lost my train of thought, I think halfway through it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Happens to us all the time. <laughs> John, yeah. John Piper did say this. Cause I remember I was going to say John Piper desiring God. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Uh, he gives you five things. Okay. Oh, and I thought this was pretty interesting. Number one, to consider the seriousness and the deceitfulness of the error. Right. Mm -hmm. So we got to take that into consideration. Uh, the size of the audience Mm. and is it growing? Mm -hmm. So is this somebody who's teaching a lot of people? You think about a lot of, uh, people writing books out there and you go, "Mm, you know, uh, they're reaching a lot of people. Yep. The duration of their ministry or did they make one blunder, mm. right? And mm-hmm. that's where I said you got to be careful being that missile, right? Right. Or automatically, you know, standing up in the middle of the church service, heretic. No, don't do that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no to the that. gallows uh, with you. <laughs> there's even been times when you know someone after I taught, they were like, I don't think so. And they're like, I'm like, well, let me explain my thought process because apparently I skipped a couple thoughts that be when they exited my head and out of my mouth or. You know, it might like like Pastor Scott. People would try to pin him in various camps of, oh, you're just a Calvinist, or, like literally, or you're just an art, like you're just this. Like someone was basically called him a, uh, uh, not Arminian, but whatever the stage before oh. Arminian was. And if yeah. you take one of his sermons about what the Bible says about this passage, sure, he might look like it this one day. <laughs> but you know, go ahead and look at the next sermon. That's the complete, you know, different viewpoint. You know. They didn't call him a Wesleyan, did they? No, 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 no. I can't think. It, it's the guy because there was, you know, someone taught all of the works by salvation. It wasn't Marcion, I don't think, because Marcion was Trinity. I feel like, but, um, but yeah, but basically, Calvinist versus Arminian, and they are back and forth. Or, you know, he talks right. about tithing, but then he also talks about giving, and, and so it's again, you can listen to one guy's sermon and go, "Wow, I don't agree with that," mm. but. That's why it's so cool, good to have those conversations and ask follow-up yeah. questions. Because what was that old joke? God gave you two ears and a mouth for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's true. Listen more Be than quick you to speak. Listen, slow to speak. There you go. And Jesus asked a thousand questions. Jesus, I feel like asked more questions than he did teach. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he did. Now, yep. now just just to continue on, um, he talked about the vulnerability of the people of for whom you are responsible, right? Mm-hmm. So the vulnerability of your, your congregation and the role you have in influencing shepherds who really need to be discerning for who the false teachers are. Mm. I mean, I, I just, I just think that, you know, that, that he really, I will tell you that John Piper really pushes hard on the teachers of the, you know, of the leadership of the church. Oh yeah. Uh, it is your, it is our responsibility as teachers as to make sure that we are putting out sound doctrine and, and sound theology. It is also the responsibility of shepherds of the church, the elders of the church, uh, to make sure that the congregation is also following the correct stuff, right? Mm. Is, is a person in your church, you know, every time you talk about something, they want to bring up an author who is a known false teacher, mm-hmm. right? And therefore, I am also absolutely 100% okay with calling people out by name. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think of, of Paul and Peter when Peter was uh, refusing to uh, <laughs> sit with the Gentiles and Paul calls them out. 
for it, like in front of everybody. I mean, that's what it's about. He had no problem Paul, calling him out yeah. in the crowd and by name Paul, as a prominent figure leader in right. the church. I'll say it. Paul had a pair, man, because he even <laughs> one of his letters, he was like, oh, yeah, there was this guy, and he left yeah. us. So he, he didn't just call him out. He man. wrote it down, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm with you. I have no problem, I think, calling him out by name. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's the more respectable thing to do, right? right. Um, you can't hold necessarily the people who are in the in the in the pews in that church or in the seats in that church or stadium, whatever it is, uh, as responsible as the teacher themselves that's pushing out the false doctrine right. or the false teaching. So I, I think it is more respectable to the people in those. And matter of fact, uh, when I was talking to um, when I was talking to Adam Coleman from uh, True Idea Apologetics, mm-hmm. uh, we actually talked about that because we talked about, you know, do we attack Catholicism or do we talk, you know, is it better to, uh, you know, to go after like the Pope, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, I mean, essentially, if I call out Catholicism, can that be taken as I'm painting with a broad brush everybody who's there, including those who are sitting in the pews? Right. Or am should I more so go after you know, the, the leadership of the church, the Vatican, the, the, I'm saying the, the bishops and the cardinals and the Bible even says is responsible for the teaching. Right. 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 So, so I think it is, it is acceptable to go after. It's more acceptable to me to go after the individual person that I, you know, that I'm wanting to, to show, Hey, look, this guy's a false teacher. You shouldn't be listening to him, but it also, we also need to make it a teaching moment if we're going to do so. Right. Right. We can't just say, throw the name out and say, Oh, false teacher. And then not go any further. Right. We need to show why they're a false teacher. What biblically, so what, what biblical support do you have to back the fact that this person is a false teacher? Right. Mm-hmm. And so again, I, don't just take what that teacher says out of context too. You know, I see a, a lot of that happening uh, to where somebody will take a context. Well, this, this preacher, this pastor says this, but it was out of context and what they said. Right. So if you're going to call you guys. Oh, are you there? Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. okay. So I was saying that be careful when you call somebody out um, to not take them out of context in what they were saying. You know, make sure you give the right. whole context of what they're saying. And then, like you said, follow it up. But this is why Scripture disagrees with this. Right. And this is what Scripture right. actually says. And even if you disagree with someone, it doesn't make someone a false teacher. You know, necessarily, because we could have different viewpoints on different applicational purpose or where the scripture is a little bit gray in some areas. Like, um, for for example, alcohol, you know, that's probably the easiest conversation to have is drinking alcohol a sin or is it just drunkenness? Mm. And I know some people are like, oh, basically, we can't believe anything they said because there are a bunch of people who drink this and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So we can't I mean, I've seen I saw it on Twitter this week. And so, like, we're calling other people false teachers because we disagree with stuff on them. Where it's like the 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 Bible silent on that, yo. Right. So it's and that's where you know where grace and conversation get you a lot farther than the the missile approach. Right. Well, and not just that. I mean, I, being that I did come to faith in the Wesleyan Church, right? The Wesleyan Church was well known for the holiness movement. Being, the holiness movement and also being against alcohol, drinking alcohol in public. Mm-hmm. That's recently changed, mm. right? Um, simply because they said, okay, yeah, this is not a, a biblical stance because the Bible only says do not drink like the drunkard. Right. Um, now there is also the other side of that, which is, um, and this is just because I come from the Wesleyan church. So I kind of understand where their principle was. And it wasn't from a legalistic, legalistic standpoint of, oh, you're going to go to hell if you're drinking. 
It was, hey, don't cause your brother to stumble. Right. right. And yep. is that the wise yep. decision to make? Right. Right. Um, so, so that was really where that came from. It was, it was, look, we have a lot of people who are in recovery programs. Yeah. You know, is it, is it wise to be out drinking or go out, you know, with the men's group and go to a bar? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's really where that came from. But some people took the Wesleyan church as that they were being extremely legalistic about it, but they weren't. I know my mom, uh, even when they first went, my, somebody asked my, my mom, are you going to hide those bottles of wine if the pastor comes over? (laughs) (laughs) Why? And my mom's like, I I would rather not be a hypocrite. Right. You know? Oh, I like your mama. Yeah. Mm. So, so yeah, it was, it was one, it's kind of one of those, one of those things where, yeah, I just. Mm. Well, man, I I feel like we've had a great conversation. We've had a great couple, two episode (laughs) long conversation. Thank you so much for being here with us. No problem. It took us forever for us to get you on the show, mainly because of me, because (laughs) stuff got busy and you kept going like, all right, Mark, come on, come on, Mark, come on, Mark, come on, Mark. And we, I I have to admit, I I have to admit, and I have to confess because we were right there. We planned the like some of this during a church service and during an Awana award ceremony. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, Rodney, can you tell us, uh, you know, not just us, but our listeners, um, where they can find you at, how they can listen to more of, of the teachings that you okay. have going on, and uh, yeah, just a little bit more about the ministry and where to find you. Okay, so you can find me on YouTube, me and Tim, my my wonderful, the wonderful Tim Parsons. My, my what do co-host. you call him? You call them something, don't you? The wonderful Tim Parsons. Is, is that what it is? The wonderful yeah. Tim? This is like the Mad Hatter or. Oh, no, no, that's on Coffee Time Q&A. Yep, okay. Yeah. You can also find, uh, if you go to Water's Edge Church uh, on, on YouTube, you can find those there, uh, the Coffee Time Q&A at the Water's Edge. You can look it up that way. Uh, you can also find both, but what does the Bible say, and Coffee Time Q&A at the Water's Edge on any podcast platform out there. I think we're pretty, I'm pretty much everything now. And you can also follow on Instagram at BWDTBS. Now I'm going to say this military like so you can remember get this right. At Bravo Whiskey Delta Tango <laughs> Bravo Sierra. That's great. <laughs> I love is. it. Yeah. So it's just the initials of. But what does the Bible say? But you uh, said so whiskey. At BWDTBS. <laughs> but you said whiskey. Oh my goodness, Mark! We just talked about alcohol. <laughs> oh goodness, I had to make it. Do- I had to make it. Da- See, I'm I'm a dad, a dad joke, joke, goofy guy. Yep. Come on. Now, now you do know you do know that I was born close to the Kentucky border, right? Yep. So. Oh, oh, Maker's Mark <laughs> <laughs> bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Fun fact: so my because Beth is from Tennessee and his her sister lives in Kentucky. I learned the difference between whiskey and bourbon like two weeks ago. Yep. I I thought they Big were difference. different, but well, mainly it's the the state. Yes. Tennessee and one's Tennessee and one's one's Kentucky. That's that's all. That's literally the only information I got. That's the fun fact yeah. I got for the evening. Well, there you go. That's yeah. all I for, got. For it to legally be called bourbon, it has to be made in Kentucky. Legally? Right. Oh, I wasn't told yes. legally. Legally. Oh, that crap's funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. I did not know that. But either way, dude, Rodney, it was a pleasure having you yes, on. It was. Again, listeners, go check out what does the Bible say. What does the Bible say? Ring, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Sorry. I got you. But seriously, keep checking out Rodney. Follow him on Instagram. Let's be honest, your guys' YouTube cover art is way better than mine because you actually well. put time into it. So and your guys' stuff is top quality, man. It really it is. It really is, yeah. Goodness. Well, hey, we let you be a part of the first one. We got to do the second one, too, because now it's time for... Time for... Fun Facts with Philly. <laughs>
I got to stop saying it's time for because yeah, your daughters and wife yeah. say it, but well, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I just know. Want, you just want to join in. That's all. I just want to join in the fun. <laughs> all right, my dude, we are well into the one hundreds. You have had showed up with so many fun facts with Fuller. Are well, you out yet? No, I'm not out yet. <laughs> I still got more. You're full, you're full of something. <laughs> wow. Fun wow. facts. So Give it to me, boss. Today's fun fact. The first person convicted of speeding was going eight miles per hour. According to the Guinness World Records, the first person to be charged with speeding was Walter Arnold of the English village of Paddock Wood, uh, Kent. On January 28, 1896, Arnold was spotted going four times the speed limit in his 19th century Benz. <laughs> but since the speed limit at the time was just two miles per hour, that meant he was not only not going too fast by today's standards. Uh, the constable had to chase him down on his bicycle, issuing a <laughs> ticket for four pounds uh, and, Arnold, and earning Arnold a speedy distinction. So that's wow. Mr. Arnold was going eight miles an hour. And got a speeding ticket. Which is so pounds. funny because today it's like, you know, eight, you're fine, nine, you're mine. Like I, a cop told me that once. Yeah, but that means you, the speed limit would have had to been zero. <laughs> like, <laughs> but seriously, like two miles an hour, what is that, walking speed? Not not even. What's the point <laughs> yeah, of having a car? Crazy. Well, let, let's ask Rodney. He was in the military. Well, let's say, what's a brisk marching pace? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, you know what? I don't even know. Isn't it but like five miles an hour or something? Four or five miles an I hour? I think so. You just something pulled like that out your butt? Yeah, I think that's about what it is. Wow. But the fact that... He, they make it sound like he had to chase him down on a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> what in reality, you could have just bedwalk, homie. Like, just uh, that's the craziest just thing. That, I just imagine that the, the uh, bicycle police officer. Bring, 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 as he's going down the lane. Wow, <laughs> that's a solid fun fact. It's a fun fact. Yes, it is. I know. <laughs> I have to ask Rodney, what's your normal driving speed over the speed limit? Well, he can't legally say that. <laughs> That's incrimination. <laughs> well, so I have a 45-minute commute to work, right? Yep. I am one of those guys who gets in the, in the slow lane. I set my cruise control at the speed limit exactly and drive. And yes, go. yes, because you have time to listen to podcasts then. That's right. <laughs> podcasts like ours and what does the Bible say? Perfect exactly. opportunity for that. I'm like a, a bypass. It's like ten over when I don't have the kids. Yeah, like so six. You when just self incriminated. So for any of those cops, I'll go. <laughs> Sorry, ahead and give Dan Birch. But anyways, uh, today's episode again was brought to you by Lifeway and the CSB Bible. Again, here is the uh, the Christian Standard Bible that the ancient, uh, the ancient faith faith, study Bible, and it's pretty sweet. Uh, a lot of those people that we talked about. Uh, got little quotations in there from the early church. So it's true. Um, go ahead and go check them out at any time. Yep. Or you can get that new premium black goat skin wide margin Bible for 40% off right, right now at lifeway.com. Right. Uh, you can learn more about the CSB at csbible.com. But if you're going to order it, you got to go to lifeway.com. Right. But just like always, check us out, realtalkchristianpodcast.com. That's the place to get all the stuff. We just put that new category section of where are you at with your walk with Jesus? Here's how we can help. So check us out at realtalkchristianpodcast.com. Don't forget to check out What Does the Bible Say? And until next time, take it easy.